This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The Dallas Cowboys select Tyler Smith. And now, your host, Kyle Yeomans. It's time for another draft show presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys, as we are officially 15 days away from the 2023 NFL draft in Kansas City, Missouri. Welcome in to the SWBC studios at the Star in Frisco. We've got Brian Broaddus, Zach Wolchuk, Aisha Morrison. I'm Kyle Yeomans as we take you through the next hour, breaking down, investigating and educating some draft prospects as we are closing in on the two-week mark out. Ooh. How's everybody doing? The anxiety. It's, it's kicking in, man. Taking a deep breath? Yeah. It's like uh, I was talking to Brian about this. You've watched how many corners, how many defensive ends, and every day it's like, here you go. Here's another guy to go watch. And I'm just starting to get – I don't think I'm going to get every, uh, enough players in. Yeah, that's how I feel. I'm, I'm almost at 200 players. Wow. Right. Yeah, that's, I think to me that's, uh, that's the anxiety you go to, and that's the anxiety that the teams go through. You know, there gets mm. there's a certain point in time these teams are building their boards, and that's the part of it's fun. And then when it gets down to the end where their board is complete, those last two, three days, the anxiety is now like getting ready to draft. Did we do this right? I always said this. I'd go in there and I'm like, please just let these tags start blinking. Give me the good players. If you just, you know, as I'm looking at them, if the tags would just start glowing, you know, of like, hey, this is going to be the all pro this year. This is going to be <laughs> yeah. the guy nobody's talking about in the fifth round. You know, that was always. But the the uh, the anxiety is real. Yeah. Because you you know, there's we I talked about it last week. We were so locked in in doing this job and doing it well. And you, you want to be right. You want to be able to inform people what you see. And people trust you about doing this. And you're right, Zach. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, looking at a, I'm looking at a corner from Southern Miss last night that I'd already looked at 23 other corners. And I'm like, all right, well, I see, what, you know, I see the traits and stuff like that. And this is where the guy's going to be. But that's, that's your biggest fear, that you don't get to all the guys and – you know, if we did this full time for a living, I'm sure we'd have all the guys. Right, we'd have all the time but, to go in there and but, check them out. Uh, <laughs> you know, we have other jobs we have to talk about and other things we have to do. Tell me a little bit about that Southern Miss corner, Eric Scott. He was the last guy you watched coming into today. So, what'd you think about him? Yeah, I, you know, with Eric Scott and and he he's a again, this is a guy that you're you're kind of hearing, hey, you need to take a peek at it. He's six one. He's one ninety seven. He lines up as the field corner. And when I say field, there's what we know as the boundary, which is to the sideline. And field is the guy that plays to the bigger side of the field. And look at Beam. He's got some highlights of him. What a beast. Yeah, about this. So if you're watching along, uh, you know, uh, yeah, here's Eric Scott. And, and he's got the size and he's got the ability right there. You'll see the tackling, the wrap-up and stuff like that. He plays a lot of zone coverage, and you'll see him play sideways a lot. And I mean sideways with his technique, and then he kind of trail. He'll like trail back to the sideline. Yeah, he'll play with his back to the sideline. He'll trail, and then when he has to turn, he'll turn and he'll go. Uh, the movement is really, really good with this guy. He's not tight at all, and so he'll react to the receiver when he's pressed. And he's not afraid uh, to make tackles. We've seen that on the little video clips that uh, Beam uh, has provided. And so, you know, the aggressiveness approach to his game, 78 tackles. Uh, he, he's had 12 pass breakups. He's going to be around the ball. And so at that at that size, at 6'1", 197, that's a, that's a nice-looking nice uh, sure. player for you right there that has really, I think, a lot more zone coverage capabilities than he does when he plays in man. What did you think about him? I haven't seen him yet. Last oh, night okay. I was watching uh, I, I watched Alex Austin, the Oregon State corner. Tell me about him. Uh, so Alex Austin, good length for the position. I don't think he's as good as Nishan Wright, who is mm. or Nishan Wright's brother, Rajon Wright, who plays on the other side. I think I think uh, Rajon's a better player, but he mirrors receivers really well. I think he passes off coverage in zone, has a good IQ, supports the run, tackles well, hustles to the football. He's not always the smoothest with his change of direction. Good route runners, I think, are going to be able to get. 
separation from him, but he can play press man, shows good zone awareness, makes plays on the ball, and, and overall, I think that he's a guy that day three, sixth round range maybe, some people might have him a little bit higher, I think he's going to be a good special teams player, work as a backup initially, and then might have the ability to end up being a starting corner later on in his career. Like Rajon, I'd rather take him, but Alex Austin has some potential. I also, uh, I was going to ask Brian, who do you think's better between the, the kid you watched last night from Southern Miss and your LSU Tiger, Makai Garner? I would take the Southern Miss kid. Okay, is what I would do because I was very unimpressed watching Makai Garner. <laughs> yeah, and he's the only LSU player so far that I've been like, oh, I was not a big fan of. Okay, so you like Jay Ward? You like Jay Ward? And, and even watching Makai Garner, yeah. like Jay Ward's still out there making still plays. Playing. Jay's in, Jay's a good player, and you guys know I like Roy, Roy a lot. Yeah. Big yeah. fan of his. Uh, B.J. Ojolari's probably the edge that's not getting enough love. From I I think draft people right now we probably should give him a little bit more attention but Makai Garner it's just the his feet his balance you know I, I feel like he he just kind of stumbles around at times and I just don't see a lot of plays on the ball inconsistent tackler six two two twelve like you can see the frame yeah the length I can see why you know scouts might say all right let's get him in here let's refine refine the technique a little bit sure. but on tape I didn't love what I saw Aisha who was the last guy that you watched and and somebody that stuck out to you i'm laughing at myself because i'm trying to read my own handwriting but um <laughs> no uh so i told you guys i had some questions for y'all so it's, are we getting to a point with dn and outside linebacker that we can know we got to stop saying these guys are undersized and this is becoming the new norm i'm asking that because i feel like so many of the top dns in this in this draft sure when I look at like a Nick, well, he's not a top guy, but he, I think he is. Well, I don't know where you guys have Nick Hampton at, but when I look Love at him, Nick Hampton. I just, and then you go over and you look at a Nick Herbig. I, I mean, well, let me stay with Nick Hampton from Appalachian State. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at the fact that I feel like we talk about Nolan Smith, you talk about Will McDonald, you talk about maybe B- Ojolari. Like, mm-hmm. I keep seeing undersized. I keep thinking, oh, the people consider these gentlemen undersized. But this feels like kind of this is where some of these twitchy top athletes are from the DN position, outside linebacker position. When are we going to start? Or is there maybe a transition in ha- transition happening with that position? It's a little bit different, right? Because you're or not looking you... at six foot four, six foot five in length. You're looking at speed and about six two in strength and bend, bend yeah, and all sorts of bend. Right, and then so because I I feel like so many knocks on so many of the top. DNs that we've talked about um, is the fact that maybe they're undersized, so you don't know. Like maybe you can run at them. Maybe very yeah. similar to the conversation of what Micah yes. has talked about, and Micah even has talked about that he's had to build his calluses this past season. He's had to really take on that physical beating of being a DN at that size, and it's taken some time for him to develop, you know, and to being able to get off of the, you know, to play that position more. more. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what I'm asking is, is like, I wonder if guys' DNs now are going to start training mm-hmm. different coming into this league because yeah. they – it just feels like I'm, I'm tired, personally, I'm tired of saying that a player is undersized at the DM position because I feel like I just keep, oh, he's a little undersized, but he's a playmaker. He's, yeah. he's, he's crazy. I'm, okay, so which one, like, which one is it? This is, it, it's funny you bring up Hampton because as I look at my notes, the very last thing I said, need to, need to have a vision for his value. You know, mm. and so, you know, I, I kind of feel like that Nick Hampton at 6'2", 236 might be maxed out mm. physically. But I, you watch him play mm-hmm. and he never stops. Yeah. The relentless. redirection. That's what I have down The yeah. upfield, the redirection. He sees double teams. He gets through that. He he, you know, he's lightweight wise, but he sure does good a good job of playing with power. Yeah. So if you know if you have those abilities where you might be short, or you might be a little light, you better have other traits that can kind of carry you for the day. Mm. And that's where that's the beauty of scouting. I, I was talking with a I was talking with a guy with the Broncos this morning on the way to the station, and I said, "Tell me about these wide receivers." Tell me about all these short wide receivers. Go, I can't. I, I don't want to get figured out. <laughs> I don't have to figure it out. I'm getting ready to draft here in a couple of weeks, you know. And you're and you're just like, 
but you're trying. That's the beauty of the draft. You got to find these when you're talking about these edges that might be lightweight wise. But what else do they do? Can you can their skill set overcome anything that they any deficiencies sure. that they might have? And that's that's where we're at with the, the, the I've never seen I've never seen in all these years I've been doing this draft since '92. I don't remember a draft where I've had to deal with more questions about the size of a player. Exactly. Whether it's being the height mm-hmm. or the weight, mm-hmm. or you know, it, usually you have a you know, this is you know in the old days they, there was a guy Les Snead, old scout. And we lost, and Les used to say, "This is, this is these guys are part of the jockey club." And if you know anything about horse racing, jockeys are short. He says, and so, you know, there's that you got that jockey club at wide receiver. You got the, I mean, one of the best players I've seen is a 166 pound corner. Yep. When, when have I ever seen that? And it's undeniable too. It's yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It. I mean, this is this is the challenge of these teams to find the the. <laughs> The, you know, the Forbes, and, and look at where Nick Hampton needs to be on your board. Because there's a place for these guys, but it is so different from what old Krusty Bryan is used to when it comes to scouting. Another thing about uh, Nick Hampton, I felt like he's dependable in a sense that when he gets a chance to make the play, he's, he's going to finish. Make the play. He's going to finish. No doubt. He's, yeah. If he gets his hands on you, you're probably going to get tackled. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. And I, I like that dependability from a player. I, and I also said he's going to win with speed and agility. Like yeah. That's what he's going to win with. He's not going. I don't think he's winning with power right now and yeah. all that stuff. He can work on his shed work. But I just, I'm not, I don't know. I just think that's a conversation to be had about so many of these top DNs. I feel like it's undersized. Oh, he's a little yeah. underweight. He's a little. And I'm like, okay. Is that becoming the new norm? Is that becoming is DN becoming like well, when I look at Tank and okay. I look at some of these guys, I'm like, it's night and day. I guess what you're one of the first one of the first guys when we started this journey many many weeks ago, one of the first guys that you talked about was Will McDonald from Iowa State. Yep, and at 239 pounds. I will stand here right now and tell you that that Will McDonald is a consideration for them at 26. Yeah. At 6'4, 239. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that. Now, we'll see how the board plays. But the fact that Will McDonald, who people are saying, ah, he's a little bit of this, a little bit. No. Guy's a good football player. Really good football player. That is a guy, if they go for a defensive end at 26. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Will McDonald. Yeah, not my really flavor. Would. We've and, talked and about we, that. And you talk- <laughs> not your flavor ice cream at all. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. But I, I see, I see the potential. Those are the people in the room. There's people in this room that will fight for Will McDonald. Yeah, 100%. And, 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 there's, and that's the great thing about it. Is if we were in a draft room, she would fight for Will McDonald, and you would fight against her for Will McDonald. <laughs> yeah. That you wouldn't want to go that way. Is is this a byproduct? Because you you do see it on film. You see some of the flashes like yeah, Zach's talking absolutely. about with McDonald specifically. But he's a great example. In any other draft class, is he out of the first round? But because he's sitting at six foot four, two forty, he has that size. He has the frame. He has the potential. Well, she's talking I, about the I'm, traits. That's what I'm talking about. In a draft class I, that yeah, doesn't yeah. match yeah. up the same yeah. way. I don't even know. But I think this. That's what I'm saying, though. It, this draft class. This is a very D D N heavy draft class. Yes. And that's part of it. That's part of why there's so much discussion. But also, too, I think when you start, it's even to a point to where we look at linebacker. Mm -hmm. If you're just a regular linebacker and all you do is linebacker stuff, we're bored with you. Yeah. You got to be able to. So that's what I'm saying is like, is the DN outside linebacker position becoming something where you can get like we're talking about if you're a little undersized or whatever the case may be maybe teams are like we can put some weight on him we can we can help him get better in that position or whatever i just feel like i'm just i'm personally right i'm not gonna i'm tired of labeling uh, so many of these great athletes at edge is undersized yeah it's too many of them that are undersized that are good so so what is it like there's certain traits that i don't think you can coach that's what like a nick hampton for example if we're just comparing nick hampton app state will mcdonald will mcdonald's a guy the the reason he frustrates me when he wants to turn it on it's there it's just not consistent 
to me, there's times where he's getting blocked by guys he has no business being blocked by. But then a next snap, all of a sudden, here you go. You've got the bend. You've got the dip and rip. You see the burst off the line of scrimmage. The talent's there. There's no question with a Will McDonald. You just got to get him agitated. Right. But the difference is a Nick Hampton, he's not quitting on any play. This dude's yeah. hustling to the football. You watch him against Texas A&M, he recovers two fumbles. Yeah. One of them's 10-plus yards down the field. Yep. Right? I can't teach the motor. I can't teach that relentless type of play. You have it or you don't. Where would you take Will McDonald? Second well, round. You, so you've got a second-round grade. Would you take him early second round? Like if you Let's say the Cowboys traded out. They traded out. They pulled the parachute at 26. And we'll talk about some trade scenarios in our third oh, segment. Oh, Lord. It could be interesting. <laughs> Would you take him at 35? You, you, you get a pick at 35 or 36. He's my 38th best player on my board. Yeah, I think I, I went through my top 100 because I just knew that I wasn't going to be able to add anybody else into that top 100. Sure. So I, I'm going to, but I'm going to stack it. I'm stacking my board. I stacked it. He's my 38th best player. And I, I'll tell you how I got him. If you're talking about guys, like the guys that you maybe realistically have a shot at, Nolan Smith, mm-hmm. I got Nolan Smith at 21, Ojolari at 29, McDonald at 38. And yeah. I'm I'm going to be really wrong about Van Ness, but I got him at 41. Ooh, hey, I, I'm just saying I'm with that, you on but, McDonald but, and but, Van Ness. But, but that's what I'm saying. Where do you have Miles Murphy from Clemson? Just 14. Curious. Okay, so he's up there. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. If you're talking about yeah. second round guys, if they were in, and again, I, I think that if they went into a trade back mode, and I don't know if they're going to trade out of the first round. I'm just I'm just saying. I wouldn't be surprised if McDonald is a pick if they if they traded back into the top of the second round or in that McDonald would be there would be a guy and that I would and, but you have to compare him to whatever else does tight ends yep. the guards I think we're getting really close the fact that we're hearing reports that they visited with Darnell Wright of mm-hmm. the Tennessee and we've talked about him I'm gonna say I'm gonna go on record Darnell Wright's the 19th best player on my board there you go okay, okay. so with that being said. With that being said, he's better than Tyler Smith, who you took at the same, you know, the same same same, right. same spot mm-hmm. last year. So if they took Darnell Wright, the tackle from Tennessee at twenty six, I wouldn't be happier than that than them taking Torrance or uh, or our, T- our TCU kid. You said you said oh, Wright you was thirty was twenty one higher. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I have Wright at nineteen, Torrance at thirty, and Avia at thirty four okay. on my top one hundred. Yes. Okay. I mean, going back to McDonald, I just have edges that I, I like more. Like, I like Fe- King Felix out of K-State more. Sure. I would take him before that. I, I think Ojolari is better. I would take B.J. Ojolari as well. Certainly Nolan Smith and Miles Murphy I've got ahead of both of those guys. But if you were to trade back and Felix and Adike Zoma is sitting there, I'd rather take him than a Will McDonald. So it's it's interesting because, and Aisha mentioned this earlier, it is such an edge-heavy class. The top-heavy parts of this edge. I have 14 edge rushers in my top 100 right now. Yeah. 14. It's, it's very that's, that's a talented group. There, there's a lot of guys there. So does that deter you away from Who is your last guy? guy? Who is the, your last that guy? just squeaked in? Yeah. Uh, Colby Wooden from Auburn. Okay. I have a third-round grade on Colby Wooden from Auburn. I think the last guy for me would be Young from Tennessee. Would Byron be, Young? Byron Young from Tennessee would okay. be. He's number 95 on my board right now. He's 104 on mine, so he's not too far off. What do you What do you like about Byron Young? I'll tell you what. Byron Young, to me, I mean, if you if you just watch him play against some of the better uh, the better tackles that they had in the SEC, mm-hmm. this guy made plays. He, uh, you know, his pass rush. I think there's. I think when you when you when you when you really really study him and that ability that he has to finish the way he does. I mean, because he plays on both sides of the defense, and I think his ability to, to close when he has a chance to run, he can really make the play, the burst, the explosiveness. He can capture the edge. You talk about the dip underneath the blockers mm-hmm. and to free himself, the length to keep blockers off his body. He plays with his hands. I really like that. So he can. He, I, I said, you know, that maybe if he has a, a knock, he, he does a decent job of holding the point of attack. But you could, you know, but but you don't see him getting driven off the ball all that much. So I think when you put him on the move, you can use him in the twist game and stuff like that. I think that's where Byron Young can really, really help you. 
Big fan of Byron Young. Yeah. And, and we talked about this last week. I think you you look at the timing of his get-off off the snap, <coughs> he might have some of the best explosion, burst, get-off amongst any of the edge rushers. For me, it was it, it is he doesn't get knocked off the ball, but he needs to play with more power and maybe needs to yeah. put on a little bit of strength. To, he just doesn't get off blocks as consistently as you'd like to see. But he's a splash player for me. Like I think Byron Young, if you if you don't take an edge early, you want to take a guy in that third round range. I'd be a big fan of taking him out of Tennessee. Mm. What do you think about him, Aisha? Um, I liked his hands, like you talked about. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I wrote down heavy hands. Yep. So when he's chopping at you or he's he's hand fighting, I, and I think that's advanced to some degree for you know. Absolutely. Young, young yeah. Like, he talk. I listened to Tank talk about hand tech. That's not something he really mixed into his game until the latter part. So, um, and you talked about his length. I feel like he knows how to keep people at bay with, right. his, with his arms. Mm-hmm. He, he understands spacing as an edge player, and I think that's important. So I also too. I remember when I was asking y'all, like, have y'all gotten them mixed up? I got them mixed up. Uh, the <laughs> defensive tackle from Because yes. there's two Byron Youngs. There's two Byron Youngs, y'all, if y'all don't know. And there's one that plays DT for Alabama. Right. We were talking about that I was uh, interested in as well. So so this is a great wrap-up to, to the conversation that we had. Because Byron Young is another one of the prospects that when you look at the size, it's not ideal. It's not perfect. It doesn't. Yeah. It's not. He's not a prototypical player because it's height, seventeenth percentile, weight, fourteenth, arm length, thirteenth, hand size, twelfth. All very much so below the average in terms of edge rushers in the NFL Combine when he was measured. However, like Zach was saying, I mean, athleticism very it jumps off the page, mm-hmm. man. Ten yard split was there. Forty yard dash. I mean, you go out and you run a four four three. You're gonna you're gonna turn yeah. some heads, and he did that. But that's the thing. You can see that on film. You can see him getting around guys. You see him getting inside. He plays that finesse game, but I like the hands, too. There's some power. There's some yeah. strength in there, too, that's able to kind of combine it. I like him as a uh, – I had a third-round grade on the guy, or a fourth-round grade, early fourth-round grade. How do y'all feel about him as a run defender? You know, That's what I'm saying. I, I think To me, there was a little bit I, – I use the word decent, and I hate when I use words like that, but <laughs> idiot. It Is that a cop-out word? I don't know what I was doing. It might have been 105 in the morning when I'm typing decent this. Decent run Good defender. Good for you. But decent run defender. What's decent, Brian? Really, to be honest. He's average. What's, what's, it's relative. Yeah. But, no, I, I think when – you know, it's not one of those things where you say, man, this is a this is a, a trait flaw. I don't see that as being a trait flaw with this guy. He's I not think a liability. Th- th- he's really better when the ball is going away and he could just run his yeah. – you know, Yeah, what, the pursuit, to the, the chase. Ball. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no question. All right. I like it. Good conversation, guys. Let's, uh, let's answer some Twitter questions, including maybe kicker late. In the draft, a lot of people asking about kicker. We're going to talk about that situation when we come back with more of the draft show and Twitter on the 20 next. Hey, Cowboys fans, if you're looking for a full time or part time job, check out Liberty Tax, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. If you've got tax experience and want to help your community with their finances, you're the perfect candidate. No tax experience? We also offer in-person tax school courses locally. Liberty Tax has 79 locations across DFW and 2,300 offices nationwide. Learn more about our job opportunities at LibertyTax.com slash hiring or call your local Liberty Tax office today. Craving something flavorful? Replace that bloated burrito feeling with Smoothie King's new Power Meal Smoothies. With three delicious flavors like cinnamon banana, blueberry raspberry, and spinach pineapple, you can fill up on flavor, not calories. Each meal replacement smoothie is packed with 20 grams of protein, 7 grams of fiber, and 23 vitamins and minerals, all under 350 calories with 0 grams of added sugar. So next time you want something flavorful, swap fast food for a Power Meal smoothie. Order today on the Smoothie King app. Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm Darren Woodson, former Dallas Cowboy player and Super Bowl champion. When I played in the NFL at a high level, I relied on my vision to see the field. As I started getting older, I noticed my vision wasn't as good, and I was getting frustrated from wearing my glasses all day. I went to Laser Care Eye Center, and Dr. G talked about all the options. Thanks to technology and Laser Care Eye Center, I can see near, far, and between. Don't fumble your vision any longer. Visit them at dfweyes.com and tell them Darren sent you. They got me back on my game. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. 
Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Tax season can be more stressful than a last-second Hail Mary, and that's what you're doing right now if you haven't done your taxes yet with Liberty Tax because you can overcome your tax anxiety today with them. Proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Book an appointment at LibertyTax.com slash Cowboys. Got mine done last week. Liberty Tax helped me out. They hooked me up. Let's go. It was great. All right. It's time now to get into it. Let's get it. Let's get to five questions today, shall we? Okay. Then I'll have to turn off my mic. (laughs) Five questions. Here we go. On some Twitter Twitter on the 20. Twitter on the 20. Here we go. All right. What was this? Uh, What was that? that, Like a religious experience over there? What's going on? That's what Twitter on the 20 does to you. Nah, I was trying to stay low key over here today. Dang, Brian. It's the draft. She was. She was giving it like she was in the back row. Uh, She's feeling the organ there. We had multiple, and at least five, six, seven, I haven't counted all of them, but multiple questions about kicker. So I'm not going to say everybody's name. Jake Moody. There you go. (laughs) What do you think about the kicking situation with the Cowboys? Is it okay? Brett Maher doesn't seem like he's an option, at least from what we've heard from the breadcrumbs of the Jones family in the front office. But is it going to be a rookie kicker? Or are you going to go out and get a veteran kicker? What's your option on the table if you're looking at special teams? We just kind of talked about this in the previous show on the uh, the break. Was uh, I was hearing whispers that Bones has got some guys in mind. Uh, I mean, I just threw the name out, Jake Moody, because of Michigan. He's the best kicker in the in the draft. Mm-hmm. Him and Chad Ryland from Maryland are the two kickers everybody's talking about. Jake Moody might be a fourth, fifth round guy. He he'd probably be the first kicker off the board. Uh, it, for sure. Uh, listen to people talk about uh, or with Bones' situation that he had oh. two or three guys in mind, and when we get to post-draft, that's when we're going to probably hear okay. about a veteran kicker that's going to be involved. Oh, okay. So I couldn't get any names. I couldn't get any names, but you know, like I say, it, the two kickers, like Jake Moody from Michigan, is a fourth, fifth round guy. That's mm-hmm. off Dane Brugler's uh, "The Beast," which everybody should get. Yes, came out this week. It's fantastic yeah, it, as always. And then Chad Ryland from Maryland is a sixth or seventh round guy. So those are the two guys that Dane has uh, possibly. But there's probably he's listed twenty possible kickers that could be undrafted free agents. So maybe somebody out of that group will uh, show up as well. What? Any any priority free agent sort of talk? Because, yeah, you could go out and get a, a, a veteran, but yeah. maybe one of these guys is on the board, on the radar of, of Bones Fossil, and he's able to go I, I, out that's, and get a guy. That's, that's his job, though. He's going to evaluate all these kickers. Yeah. I mean, he's going to talk to the coaches. He's you know, It's his responsibility. Like when Will McClay is going to ask him, is there any kicker that we need to go throw cash at? They did it with, what, Garibay, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. They went out and got Garibay from Texas Tech last year. They determined that – you know, he was, you know, when it was uh, Dicker the Kicker from Texas, yep. all these names of guys. It was like, no, no, this Garibay, he's one of the best in the country. And then we all got to Oxnard, and he was, you know, he uh, was, he wasn't quite getting it done. That one didn't go very well. No, so that's what I'm saying. You, you've you got it. But, but let's be honest here, and I, I said this on the break. If you're going to play defense and you're going to run the ball, you better damn well have a kicker. No you question. You better have a kicker because you're going to be in games where if it's close, it's tight. You do not want to be missing field goals. We need to make, and you, you can't just kind of say, okay, well, we're going to run the ball and because that just that takes time. Sure does. You know, and if you're not going to score a whole hell of a lot of points and you're going to play defense, you better be able to knock those down with a minute seven left in the game. Happens to be a, a kicker out there who is a free agent that you might have seen in the playoffs that has never missed a postseason field goal. Robbie Gould? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. He cost a little penny, mm-hmm. but – He's he's good. He's, he's absolutely very good. good. I'm down with it. Yeah. Uh, what pl- Sorry, I have a question though. Yes, go what for it. What place do you have to be in to draft a kicker? 
and I'm and I'm not saying it in an insult, insulting way. I'm really asking like what. Because it seems if like you're the Raiders from way back in the day, that first drafted, round they drafted Janikowski, Sebastian Janikowski, with the 18th overall pick. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was with I, I talked to John Gruden after that one. John and I were uh, friends. I go, uh, you just drafted a kicker. He goes, yeah, we just got the best kicker ever. And I'm like, and the guy played for a thousand years. He did. He, he played for a long time. He did. But signed the, multiple contracts. That's some teams. Some teams. The Raiders have a history of that they drafted. Uh, they've drafted punter in the first round too. Are there some guys that you look at that maybe are you're like, do you have that mindset? Like if this guy hits, just similarly of, like okay, if this guy hits, he could be a great kicker for a long time, and this is something we're not gonna have to deal with for a while. Is that why people would go kicker? That's I'm, why you yeah. would draft a guy is if you think you you could have him long term mm-hmm. and you can rely on him yeah. for years. Yeah, you like Kate York guy, last year. Yeah, so Kate York a is a great thing. expert. So it's not a desperation thing to no. get a kicker because no. it just seems so. But, I don't see it happen that often. But you got to think about think about some of the fourth and fifth round picks you've missed on. Mm. That if you would have just drafted that kicker, you wouldn't have to, you know. What's my guy in, at the Ravens? Uh, the, the, Justin Tucker. Justin yeah. Tucker. Mm-hmm. He's the best kicker probably ever outside of Vinatieri. Okay, like maybe he's, he's maybe, closing in on that. Though. Maybe three or four years ago, I mean, he still make feel he's still one of the best there is. If you told me I could give the twenty sixth pick of the draft for Tucker for Tucker, I would think about doing it, knowing Ooh. knowing that I have. My kicker. He's as valuable as any. He's he's as valuable as any player you might draft at twenty six. Well, what you, I was yeah, you were bringing up the point. I think it was after training camp. Like, would you have gone out and swapped taking York, who was from Prosper, yeah. ended up going in the fourth round of the Browns for your fourth round pick, Jake Ferguson? Yeah. Now I think we're all super pumped about Fergie, especially if they don't go tight end. He's your yeah. tight end one, but. Some of the kicking woes that they had, and Cade York was good last year for the Browns. I mean, yeah, I don't. If you take a, a kicker in the fourth round that you like, I don't think it's ever a. There's it's te- not a bad pick. Tampa took Aguayo, Aguayo, yeah, uh, Roberto Aguayo, Florida State, in the second, second round, round. Yep. second round, and he was out of the league with by the end of his rookie contract. Yeah, he, he was bust. Yeah, yeah. He Justin Tucker, for instance. I mean, undrafted free agent from 2012. I mean, yeah. it, it happens. It's just yeah. it's luck of the draw. Sometimes it's like that with the draft, anyways. Yeah. So you got to find a way to kind of balance that out. You, you might look at like if you have a compensatory pick, you yeah. know that fifth round compensatory okay. pick, day three, throwing out yeah, there, and, and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and draft a kicker here, and let's, you know, everybody's say, oh, look at them being smart. No, it's look at them being like, we don't have a kicker. Yeah, we need to fill yeah. the spot. <laughs> yeah, I, there's a lot of things that Brian says on this show that I want to start making a T-shirt line out of. <laughs> Last year it was the I'm Karloftis. Yeah, like, that was my favorite part of the whole. <laughs> This one was you damn well better have a kicker like that like yeah. just damn have well that, have a kicker just have that on a shirt and I think it would sell all right uh, Rose says how many actual first round grades do you guys have on your board I feel like this year the second round grades start after about nine or ten guys is that a fair Ooh. assessment so he's he's a little bit lower on this draft normally eighteen to twenty maybe even up to twenty two twenty four. How many do you have, Brian? Johnston, the wide receiver from TCU, is my 20th player and the last one in the first. Wow. Okay, so you have 20 full first-round grades. I do. Zach, do you, what do you got? Yeah, I'm, I'm in that like 20 to 25 range. Okay. Probably the same, the same there. I th- I'm a little bit more optimistic about the receivers than I think some others are, and okay. and I've got like four receivers that I would take in the you first got Hyatt round. Hyatt in the fourth in the like, first round. I think Hyatt's very fringe. You I know, have- first, second kind of range i agree with you i actually brian when we first started when we first started the draft show remember we like one of our first shows i was like dang there's a lot of good corners and it was like it's not that many good receivers but when you start looking into these receivers i think it depends on what you consider good and, mm-hmm. which, and yeah. what you're looking for schematically what you want this guy to what this guy to do so i agree with you i think i do have a few more guys i would be okay taking yeah the first comfortable no yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely so i would say I, I think i have about 22 20 in that same kind of same yeah. range as you that's usually that what you're going to get yep. every year when you do this i always find there's between 18 and 22 yeah. That's mm-hmm. that. That's the number that you try. You generally live with. Last guy I have is I'm trying to find the last guy because they're all by position. I think it's Jameer Gibbs and he's at 19 for me. So okay. I've got 19 first round grades that I can see. My 21st player, just the first guy at the top of the second, is Nolan Smith. And Nolan Smith might wow. very well be a first round. Oh, I, see, yeah, I have I a first round Nolan grade on first. Yeah. You have a first round grade on Nolan yeah, Smith. I do. Okay. Mm, you guys are probably gonna be right. We'll see. Probably gonna be right. You, don't, uh, you think he's too small? 
No, I'm just. No. Okay. <laughs> we gotta stop saying that. You guys might be. Well, right. Nolan, Nolan is like the perfect definition of that because he's got that very kind of slender frame. He's, he doesn't Impact. doesn't. Yeah, he, he is more of a Micah Parsons type comp for me. When you look at deal the edge, yeah. Let me let me add it. All right, Flu asks which draft prospects do you not want the division rivals to draft in the first round? Ooh. Which ones do you think? That are possible? I, I mean, the first one's got to be Bijan, right? Love of the Star podcast the other day we were on. <laughs> Love of the Star podcast we were on the other day, and Brian Baldinger was on. Uh-huh. And he lives in Philadelphia, and oh, we just no. were talking about Bijan Robinson. And, I, and I've never seen a fan base more lined up for a guy than they are for B. John Robinson at 10. And our fan base is like, please don't do it. Please don't do it in a way of like, we don't want B. John I Robinson. I don't understand but it's, it. They're just being petty, too, though, because obviously like a month ago, and there's been a lot of B. John buzz for the Cowboys. That, Philly is petty. They know what they're doing. They're doing it on purpose. Oh, yeah, probably. They, they not even a like, let's move star up and, running back team. Let's go get they Dallas Goddard right in front of the Cowboys. <laughs> Come on. Huh? Like, See, but just... you're, you also you brought it up about They're kicker. lining up in the in city. Yeah. I mean, they're doing radio you, programs about this. You brought it up at kicker. You said, you said, what type of position do you need to be in to be a, to, to draft a kicker? It's the same thing with Bijan. What type of position do you have to be in as a team to draft just the best player on the board? Yeah, I can and see the Philly Eagles. is ready to yeah. do that. They, yeah, they, they, their mindset, they got two ones. They got, they're got they coming off a Super Bowl appearance. They've got what was the best offensive line in the league. It's a luxury pick that they can, years af- ago. Yeah, they can afford to make that pick. Not, But look, people just at 26, it's not like you took Zeke in the top five of the draft. You're picking at 26. Yep. I don't think Bijan Robinson's there. He's too no. darn good. But I don't understand the hate of, <laughs> oh, my gosh, the positional value. I got annoyed yesterday on, on the G-Bag Nation. Let it out. I've heard complaints <laughs> about tight end. Mm-hmm. Oh, the positional value. Who are the good first-round tight ends? You can't take them. Oh, the positional value at running back. Linebacker, you can't. You know what? Screw it. Let's pass on the pick. Let's not take a player there at 26 because we're going to nitpick every single position. It's not worth a first-round pick. It gets a little bit annoying. Just let me take the best player, and that would be Bijan 100% 10 days out of Sunday. And I made that up. Yeah, I don't even did. think that's a saying. That's not a saying. But that's how irritated <laughs> no, I'm getting. I can, feel, I can feel your rage, my friend. It's like, frustrating. It's like, well, we, we'll, make, it. we'll make excuses and here you can't do this, you can't do that. Look, tell you what, the player turns out to be good four years from now, you're not going to be complaining that you took him. Mm. I don't know if, real quick, I don't know if I'd want the commanders to get a Will Levis. Would you rather them get a Will Levis or like an Anthony Richardson or just Ooh. not a quarterback? I just don't. I, 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 I think with Will Levis, I have him ahead of Richardson is what Me I would too. do. What about Hendon Hooker? Hendon Hooker I have behind those guys. But, yeah, I mean, I would give, you know, I, if you just off my top 100, don't you give him Levis. number one. Yeah, don't give him. Le- Please. Do you have Hendon Hooker at number one? Please. No, I did not say all of that. Okay. You are. I could see it in your eyes. You're like, no. I, I love <laughs> I, I will say this. I, I wouldn't. I don't particularly th- want the Giants to get Addison, the wide receiver. Okay. I don't want the Giants to take John Michael Schmitz. And I'm really nervous that's going to happen. The center out of Minnesota. Wow. At 25? Who I'm in love with. Yeah. yeah I, I, I've heard a lot of buzz out of New York. I mean, think about it. If they make that pick. I was just on their podcast. So they were talking wide receivers Ooh. and corners. You got and... two bookend tackles you've taken now in the first yeah. couple of rounds. You Back added the best. Best interior lineman in the draft, and John Michael Schmitz. All of a sudden, you figured out your offensive. You're trying line. to kiss up a little bit to Saquon Barkley, who did they? not sign his franchise. I think so. Their right tackle. Uh, is it Andrew Thomas? Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. Okay. Is First round out of Georgia. He, he's left. Yeah. No, he's there. He's that right tackle. Yeah. Who am I thinking about that was not that good at rookie? They took the Bama kid, and, and he had a, a, a little it, bit of an up and down year. Well, they had Flowers too. Was another Eric one. Flowers in Miami was not a long good. time ago. He yeah. was not good. They moved him to guard, and he was much better. I mean, I, I, I don't know. They I, signed uh, the Patriots tackle a few years ago. Nate Soldor. Nate Soldor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was he was, he, he was a miss for them. He had, they he had a lot of injuries. Hernandez, the guard out of UTEP, was yep. a guy, that and that one didn't work miss. out. But Schmitz would be a hell of a yeah. pick. You surprised me, Brian, talking about the Commanders because I, if I'm not mistaken, you were pretty high on Sam Howell. So no, no, I, that's what think, I'm saying. No, 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 I, I, I am, and I think they should have played Sam Howell earlier last year to kind of figure out what Sam Howell was all about. You know, I, I I do like, but I worry about them. Trust me, Will Levis is a better player than Sam Howell. Mm. You know that that's I, I fear the Commanders actually getting a quarterback because with the skill that they have, they're building their offensive line. I 
I, that defense is pretty good. I, I don't need them to get better at quarterback with you. if I'm a Cowboys fan. Dang, if I'm if I'm a Philly, though, and I need safety, this is this is not the draft to be like, I need a safety. <laughs> they need safety. I mean, maybe 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 some will fall to them. Well, or just be there because Lord knows there's not a whole bunch that aren't going to be in the box. What is happening to free safety, y'all? What is happening? Yeah, there's a there, lot of strongs. It's a drought yeah. of it. Yeah. It's free. Like, what is the free safety position co- becoming, or is it is it just not that many of them? I just don't think it's the way the college game is being played that you see a lot of true free safeties. Okay, that's just, a good explanation. Yeah, I, I just you know the way that your people are spreading you out and stuff like that. So you're having to kind of you know you having to trying to keep safeties in the box in order to handle the run because you're so spread out. Mm-hmm. So I, I will say this: uh, my guy Johnson at Texas A and M. Antonio Johnson there. That's, he's a heck of a player. If you if you ask me if I could have a free safety, I could, I'll take your guy Skinner. At, J.L. At, Skinner. At, at, uh, from, uh, Boise. from Boise. I'll take that cat, too. I mean, I think— I love that. I, I think it's more of a third-round kind of a group, mm-hmm. depending on what you think about Branch from Alabama. Yeah. You know, people have got him at corner. I got They've him, got at, him at safety. I mean, I've talked to everybody. I'm just going to see him get drafted. That's. I think he's the first safety that's going to be off the yeah, board. Agreed. And Jatavius Martin from uh, Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. And geez, that Illinois secondary. He, he was a late cow. watch so for me. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna come out on the record here. And and he was a late watch. I, I got him not, at 90 on my board. I did not put him in the draft magazine as a bio. He was not in my top yeah. 10 safeties. He's number seven on my Big list fan. right now. You're I, I really some like of these guys. And he's Trust a true me, free. I, I used it's, to do that, that magazine myself. It's part of it whenever you have to turn it in a month oh, ahead of time. Oh, yeah. But I went back and watched him. And then, of course, the Beast came out a couple days after. I was like, man, I think I missed this guy. And then Dane's got him, like, what, three or four in his list? Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, like I missed him. But that, that's okay. All right. Another question. Casey says, if Ferguson or Peyton Hendershot were in this year's draft, where would you rank them among the other tight ends that are in the group? Pitt and Hendershot or Jake Ferguson, if you were to re-rack them and put them in this draft instead of the 2022 draft, where would you have them? I would take take Mayer, Kincaid, Musgrave, Washington, Kraft over all of them, and even Laporta, I think, is what I would do. They would be behind all those guys on my my book. Yep. Uh, I don't know that they would be in the top eight. I mean, I think that you could make a case for a guy like Josh Wiley Mm -hmm. out of Cincinnati. Yep. Uh, even you know a, a Brenton Schoonmaker, Strange from Penn Schoonmaker State. I like. Yeah, Schoonmaker from Michigan I like. Yeah. Strange from Penn State. You, did you mention him yep, at all? Just mentioned him. See that that's what I'm saying. Payne I, Durham. I, yeah, they, like Ferguson would kind of be be right there with a Payne Durham. That's kind of what I was. Thinking. I had Ferguson in the fifth round last year. Yeah. on my board. So I, you know, I to me, I you know, I'm, do you miss him? Yeah, maybe so. But I think that I think this is a, I think this class of tight ends we have. Is is very. I'm not going to say rare because the position's starting to become more important. You're getting these big wide receivers that convert to tight ends, you mm-hmm. know, that they use in the slots and stuff. So yeah, they would be to me. Those are fourth, fifth round guys in this current. Yeah, draft. right around ten yeah. maybe for Fergie, tenth okay. best tight end in the class. I would. Yeah, I think I'd have him. That's at why 11. you're talking about drafting one at 26. Because these guys, I mean, the, the, the Kincaids and the Mares and the and the you know the others are are you know, Musgraves. An upgraded position. It's an upgrade, and it's it, not a shot at your own guys. No. Is that why they're going? Is that why they're higher? You know, just because we're talking about every position and how everyone each draft is different. With this draft in particular, is it is it just because this is just so happens to be a special bunch or just a more skilled bunch? Is that what that's what y'all saying? I think so. I think this is a really good draft for tight ends. I just think there's a good amount of them. I think college football in general is starting to catch up to the NFL and how to utilize tight ends too. So these guys are more pro ready than ever, and I think you're seeing kind of the 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 byproduct it's, of that. It's, the it's hand in hand to what you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. You have a tight end that can play in the slot or flex that gets up the field. You don't have a safety that can cover him. It's a match. You it's don't. A match you, you, don't you don't have a linebacker that can cover him. Yeah. You know that's what these colleges are figuring out. Yeah. That, you know even the even the you know, uh, you know you just go through the list. You mentioned Wiley from Cincinnati. I mean these guys they 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 play him flex. They play him outside. They're up the field. Uh, Washington. You. I mean I was watching uh, Stetson. 
Stetson Bennett the other day from Georgia. And next thing I know, they're throwing the ball in the red zone. And who's he throwing it to? Washington. You know why? Because nobody can cover Washington. Yeah, absolutely. Six, six, seven, seven. Good luck. Nobody can cover that big guy running down the middle of the field like that. Yeah, it's one of the best mismatches you can have on the field, period. And you look at these tight ends, it seems like the best athletes are playing tight end. I mean, you're getting defensive ends that are converting. I mean, sometimes you get the opposite, like uh, Dayon White, Keon White out of Georgia Tech, who was a tight end, now he's playing defensive end. But the athlete that is now playing the position, it's Hmm. no longer just, hey, let me run a curl for five yards, catch it, fall down. These guys are stretching the field and making plays down the field. I had a conversation with Mike McCarthy last year, and he said his favorite type of football player Period. Not just position, position less. Six foot five, 245 pounds. You can't have enough of those guys, the long, lanky, athletic players. And the most of the time, that's going to be edge rusher and that's going to be tight end. And those are going to be where those two guys fit in the best. So the more you can have on your team, not only for their positional fit with tight end and and edge rusher, but with special teams and having a lot of those guys to rotate through. That's why they do utilize those positions so well. Last question so we can get to five. Connery says, I have a feeling that one of the top corners may fall to the Cowboys at 26. Would that be an easy choice if one of them is to make make it and are you in a position to make that pick? All right, the top corners, are we talking about Porter, Gonzalez, Witherspoon? I don't think any of those guys make no, it. No, no, under that's what he's saying, hypothetically. Yes. i take any one of those guys. Absolutely. Same. I would absolutely take, because that's players 9, 11, and 13 on my top 100. Is that a C.D. Lamb situation where you feel like you're good at the position, but you, you, you just can't, can't pass you, it You up. can't go wrong with any one of those corners. No. Porter, Witherspoon, Gonzalez, you can't go wrong with any of those. Right, things. and that's another thing. It's like, oh, you've got corners, so why are you going to take corners? No. no. All right. Look at look at your roster and, yeah. and how many guys you do you have. You didn't at the end of the season. You right. Get, how, how many guys you, off the street. And oh how many gosh, do you have right? that are beyond this year? Yeah. You're not just picking for this year. You're not just picking to line up here in 2023. This is a pick for multiple seasons. Is he a Mukwamu? One-year deal. Gilmore, one-year deal, right? Jordan Lewis is a guy that's going to be up after this year. You're going to have a need at the position. So that that player might not get on the field a ton rookie season, maybe due to injuries. You need like four good corners now in the NFL. But that's that's an insurance play for the future. And then you also have the contract situation with Diggs coming up. Well, you need that player to probably play special teams because you lost a couple of guys on that side. Speaking of special teams, that's why I have a question for you guys. Looking at this class, I feel like I keep seeing DBs that have return ability. Yeah. I keep seeing wide receivers that have return ability. Mm-hmm. I was looking at Trey Palmer last night from Nebraska. Right. Did the cap? I love me some Kevontae Turpin. But when you look at this draft class and how many guys have return ability, yeah. that could not only help you there, but be maybe players later down on along the line. Did they jump the gun? Mm-hmm. They did. They jump the gun with. Paying him, or do you guys think? Do you guys think that maybe there's someone in this draft that you could get better in another position, and they have returnability? Because hmm. I just feel like I've run into. I think even Sydney Brown has returnability. There's does. multiple does. players. There's DBs that have it. There's, I mean, there's running backs that have it. There's that's, that's the one knock of in, against Cavante Turpin, right? Is that he's so good at being a return man, but what does he contribute outside of that role? So I think that I, I'm, I'm just asking like. Do you take a player that has returnability with that in mind? Because I just feel like there's quite a few in this draft, in this draft in particular. Can I throw a name at you then on your question? Would you take Dell over Turpin? Both of the same size. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Take, take, take Dell's a better player, he's but a better receiver, route. right? He's an incredible route runner. Yeah. yeah. Mm. What? I don't know. I'm not as high on Tank so? Dell as, as most people. I'm really not. I don't think he was as good as a lot of people are saying. I still think he's a decent player. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But I, I don't know if you could utilize – like what does Tank Dell bring you that Kevontae Turpin doesn't? Actual routes? Yeah, I think he's yeah. a much better route runner. Much better you route runner. You could have said the same thing about Turpin coming well, out of TCU, though. But the thing about the thing about Dell is my number 100 player. Okay. And I think I got him as 100 because – I, I think that you can actually run routes with him. There they were there was something that they there was a disconnect and maybe it was Kellen Moore and now he's gone. But there was a disconnect. I was thinking after the bye week that okay, get ready for the get ready for the Turpin packages. Get mm-hmm. ready for, you know, never saw it. Now, 
he broke some big runs and in some big games, you know, and he should have had more touchdowns, to be honest with you. He's not running into kickers sure. or other things. I think if you said between those guys that are slight built, if you said who could play receiver better in a game, I think Dell could play better than Turpin in a game. And I think his return ability is just as good. Yeah, and okay. I think the knock on Turp is all right, go fight for the football. It's a contested football. Can he go up and get it, or is he going to get kind of bullied? Tank Dell goes and, and gets the ball, man. Mm-hmm. Like, that ball's in the air. Tank Dell, despite the 5'8 frame, mm-hmm. he's going to go up and make a play on the football. Yeah, I would definitely – I think I would definitely take – You'd switch him out? Oh, yeah, I would switch him out yeah. in a heartbeat. But I just I just wondered with the Cavante Turpin thing, unless they are planning on using him in the offense moving forward, I feel like depending on who they draft and if that person does have returnability, it'll kind of tell me personally – what maybe they're looking, maybe their vision is there. Because yeah. Malik Davis is like your number two back, right? Like, well, number three back, right? right? Now, I mean, Tony Pollard is your number one running mm-hmm. back now. He was like, was he the backup return guy, or he was one of the return guys? You can't have that no more. You're not letting P- those Pollard are return kicks yeah, anymore. Yeah, those are those are. CD's not doing it either. Absolutely. So. Right. Right. There's no returner besides him. If he gets injured, who's this guy? Who's stepping up yeah. there? I would like to personally maybe bring in a guy that can help you somewhere else maybe next year but has returnability. Sure. There you go. Great questions all the way around. Twitter on the 20. Appreciate you guys. We'll be back with it again tomorrow. When we come back, thumbs up and thumbs down. Are we trading up? Are we trading down in the first round? What's going to happen here in a couple moments when we come back with more of the draft show? I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. In a stressful world, Lincoln provides balance and calm amidst the chaos by creating sanctuaries that move you through the world with ease. Our vehicles make your time richer and more uplifting with human-centric design, intelligent technology, and powerful performance. As the official luxury vehicle of the Dallas Cowboys, driving a Lincoln is just another way to show your team pride. Experience our full lineup of luxury vehicles, including the Corsair, Aviator, Navigator, and Nautilus at Lincoln.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and Cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel, attend the best tailgate party in Texas, tour the star, and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Register now for the 2023 excuse me, Dallas Cowboys Youth Camps presented by Invisalign. Athletes ages 6 to 16 are invited to learn from the best this summer at AT&T Stadium or Fort Center at the Star and Frisco. Football camps are led by former NFL players. Cheer camps taught by the current Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders save $25 when you sign up for camp by May 12th, visit DallasCowboys.com slash camps. Back here on the Draft Show, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Brian Brada, Zach Wolchuk, Aisha Morrison. I'm Kyle Yeomans. We've got Chris Beam running everything in the back. All right, we have some trade scenarios. There's been a little bit of buzz. A little bit of buzz that the Cowboys may not be comfortable staying put at 26. So let's take a look at some of their options. These are just a couple of options, and these are courtesy of CBS Sports. Uh, Garrett, is it Padel? Is that how you say it? Sounds right. right. Garrett Padel, credit to him. Thanks for your work, Garrett. Yeah, appreciate you, Garrett. (laughs) So he put together three different trade scenarios. 
Two of them are trading up to go get a certain prospect. I'll, I'll outline a prospect in each of these scenarios just to make it fun. And the other one is to trade out, pull that parachute and go to the second round. We're going to start. I want to first off, I want to give a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Are you going to do this or are you going to stay put okay. depending on the scenario? Trading up to 19. You go and make a deal. You get on the phone with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You give Tampa Bay your first round pick, your third round pick at 90, and the 2024 fourth round pick to go up from 26 to 19. The guy that you want to go up and get is Jackson Smith and Jigba. He falls to 19. Some mm. injury concerns. Teams aren't necessarily loving the medicals. He falls to 19. Do you go up and you go get your guy, Jackson Smith and Jigba at 19, Zach Wolchuk? I know you like Zach Jackson. Are you in on that, giving up your first, your third, and a fourth next year? It's a lot to give up, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's head and shoulders the best receiver in the draft. So if you really want a wide receiver, uh, I'm, I'd am i go up and make the move and go get that guy. Like, I think JSN is is going to be that dude. I'm a, I'm a big, big fan of his game. I'm not really in favor of trading up in this draft class, but for Jackson Smith and Jigba, you don't need to convince me. It's got to be the right prospect. I'm all for it. That's okay. a guy like him, Joey Porter from Penn State, uh, the corner. I would move up for either of those guys and say, let's party. Would you do it, Aisha? It's a lot. A third? That third is you're what, flipping that, first. It's that third that's hurting me. And you're going up seven spots. It's all you're going. That's not very far up there. But you're getting a guy that you see is falling. Right. What do you think? we got to make a determination here. Okay, okay. What's the determination? we got to make a determination. Are we, We're going to go get a wide receiver, right? Mm-hmm. On my board, that would be the 17th best player. So I'm, I'm in. I'm in for going that direction. Yep. All right? got to determine, though, who we're going to give up. Are we going to give up Zavala, North North Carolina State? That's the a third-round pick. Are we yeah. going to give up Spears, the running back from Tulane? Yeah. Are we going to give up potentially uh, – how about Hensley, the the linebacker from uh, from Washington Wazoo. State? Yeah. Are we going to give up one of these corners, Phillips, Rush, Cameron Smith, or uh, Cam Smith? Are we going to give up one of those guys? Are we going to give up maybe a tight end? Are we going to give up maybe Laporta here? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we've got to determine this. There's a lot of good third-round grades. That's what I'm saying. If you look at your board and you say, we don't need – we could, we could we could sit here and pick at 26 and talk about maybe taking B. John Robinson or taking one of these guards or taking one of these, uh, these uh, defensive ends. We could talk about that. But no, we're going to probably lose one of those guys I was talking about, Laporta, Zavala, Spears, uh, maybe even our Kansas State defensive end, you know, Zeke Uzama. Yeah, yeah. and I maybe we maybe have him higher. Maybe there's somebody that falls out of the back end of the second round that we're going to lose. Yeah. yeah, you know, that's what we have to determine right now. If we're comfortable not having that third round guy of all those names that I kind of mentioned, and I just I just went off my board. Right. Yeah. I didn't you know I didn't go off your boards. I went off my board. Yeah. That's that's the consideration, and I don't know. I don't know if, and even though that Smith and Jigba is the 17th best player on my board, do I want to lose the possibility of grabbing a tight end or grabbing another guard mm-hmm. or grabbing a running back, you know, that I really, really like? Here's some of the third-round options, at least on my board, at wide receiver. If you were to pass on Jackson Smith and Jigba, you can maybe pick one up later. Cedric Till- Tillman from Tennessee, yeah. Tank Dell from Houston, A.T. Perry from Wake Forest, Kayshawn Boutte from LSU. So there's options there after the first round, but are they all as enticing my, as Jackson Smith and Jigba? Probably not. Yeah, my options on the third round are Tillman, Mims, mm-hmm. Reed from Michigan State, Rice from SMU, Perry from Wake Forest. Yeah. Those are my options in okay. the third round. And if Marvin I, Mims, I'm very open about. I mean, what I was about to I'd say. be very interested. But to me, if you can go up and get the best player at the position, I'm not going to be upset about that. And, and he's I would, my number one guy. I too. would sacrifice the the additional pick because I think so. That, you're cool. With, you're cool with not picking in the third then on that, right? Yeah, and and, okay. and, I, and I think that there's a possibility if you really wanted to, if one of these guys slides, that you're like, oh man, we got to go get him. Maybe you make another move if you have to, and you're sacrificing picks for next year. But mm-hmm. the hope is you can recoup some with the comp picks. Right. Yeah. I think you're kind of factoring that in. The Cowboys do an excellent job when it comes to the compensatory picks. Is there anybody that's going to get a comp pick? Maybe Connor McGovern. Maybe. 
Maybe McGovern. Yeah, no, McGovern, about it, McGovern should. I think Probably it would be hard. Should. I think it would be hard to get back that. I think it would be hard to get back that four. I think yeah, we're you're probably kind of, looking at a five. I think we're looking at fives and sixes with yeah, our guys is what so we're looking too. at right yeah. now. I'm now that four, that four that we're giving away, that might be like a fifth round pick when sure. you look, when you look overall though. I'm struggling like, because the mid rounds in this draft. Like, you got some depth. It stretches. It feels like second, third round is money. Mm-hmm. That, that's where people gonna make their money. There's so many players okay. that are gonna fall into this, that place that you can probably get quality starters out of. I just, I would really struggle to give up a third in this draft. So your thumbs draft. down. Yeah, I'm not thumbs feeling down. Like, thumbs I'm up. Struggling with I'm that. thumbs up for the right player. Aldo, thumbs up. Brian. For Man, him, I'm. For him, I don't know. I, I think I don't know. I I, I struggle with that's it. That's the scenario, though. Yeah, I struggle with. I'm that. also I'm <laughs> also enough. I'm also looking at my board and I'm thinking that my, if as my stack, I've got Bijan Robinson as my third best player mm-hmm. on my board. He's not available in this scenario. Though. In this scenario, he's out. Yeah, he's out. He went to ten. That's in Philadelphia. Another, would you move up for Bijan? The problem. Okay, now would I have? No, I don't think I would. Okay. I would. I'm just going to sit it and let it go, and I'm going to try. I'm going to. I know that. Oh, so you wouldn't do that same move if Bijan was there? At I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm just going to go with it because my my fallback on that would be probably would be Gibbs or somebody like that, or maybe okay. maybe if I don't give up my third round pick, I am. I'm, I'm saying who the player is. The player with Robinson. I'm just gonna I'm gonna sit it and I'm gonna and I'm gonna try and see if he'll get there to me. I'm just gonna bet that the league might not value the running backs like they should. Now I'm gonna walk a minefield for sure, but I but I'm just I'm giving the player his due. I'm putting him where he needs to be. I don't think I'm trading up for the guy. I really really don't. We're but. running out of time, but I want to get to these other two scenarios real quickly. This one's very similar, but you're trading up to 17 with the Pittsburgh Steelers going and getting. This guy that Brian values so much, Kalijah Cansey out of Pittsburgh, the interior defensive lineman, defensive tackle. You're going up to get Cansey. Steelers would get the first round pick, the third round pick, and this year's fifth. So not only are you not picking in the third, oh. but you're picking. You're no, not picking I'm in not, the fifth. No, I'm not going for Is that. Is that too much? No, I'm no, not doing no. that either. I, See, I, I think I wouldn't do it either. I think he's a second round player. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So no. It hurt me. No. I would do it for Jackson Smith and Jigba, especially if you only had to give up the one pick this year. I don't know about the two picks. And then his last scenario is actually trade down. So this one might value Aisha. Trading down to 38. So you're out of the first round. You do not get that fifth-year option on these guys. But the Raiders is who you you make the trade with. They give you an extra third-round pick. Mm. And they give you, of course, 38 to go down, what is that, 12 spots? You Mm -hmm. go down 12 spots, but they only give you a third-round pick. Is that worth it? Would you do that? Okay, let's think about the players. So we got to assume that 38 of our guys, say 38 of your top 100 on my board are gone. That's that's just how I'm going to look at it right there. Yep. So 39th player is Mozzie Smith from uh, from Michigan, Michigan? State okay. for, for me. I think they would do that. Yeah, so now I'm looking at, okay, now the potential of – I'm looking at maybe uh, – uh, so 39, so I'm looking at 40, right, from there on back. Mm-hmm. See, my, my 39th player is Andre Carter II from Army. So, I mean, outside of that, you still have quality players, and you're going to get two because you get to pick both at 38 and at 58. Yeah, but see, that's what I'm saying. Okay, Mozzie Smith, Ringo would be, my, would be a guy that I would have there because he would be 40 mm-hmm. on my board. I'm looking for 41. I don't have him stacked like I exactly need to have him stacked yeah, the same in, way. in order. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes. Downs is there at 42. That's the kind of player I think you're looking at. I think you're looking at Mozzie Smith. I think you're looking at – I think you're looking at uh, – oh, I, I've got Van Ness there at 41. Okay. What I about Avila? Is he gone by that point? He is at 34. Okay. So he would be gone. He, he would be in that range maybe. I think so too. Yeah. But see, that's what I'm saying though. If you just assume that the, the – if you just take your numbers and you just say – Just say that they're gone. They're all gone. Gotcha. Say your top 30 – because we're picking at what, 37 did you yeah, say? 38. 38. So I'm just saying that 37 of my top 100 are gone. Just I'm saying that. Just to kind of – so I'm right there with Washington, Downs. I'm really, really close on Flowers right there, by the way, you know, for me. But I think that uh, – I don't know. I don't know if the quality of the player would be for the extra third-round pick. Is that what we're talking about? So we're talking about picking it a couple times there. Yeah, yeah, 38, 58. Then you would get 70. So it's early third round. Well, to Aisha's, and 90. to Aisha's point, she's like in the middle of this draft, you know. 
If you're, yeah, I mean, I think you get like a full Emmanuel Forbes. Maybe if you moved back there, Cam Smith from South Carolina could be in play. You'd snag a corner, uh, maybe one of the wide receivers. Maybe a Hyatt falls out of the first round, and you want to take a, a Jalen Hyatt there, wide receiver out of Tennessee. You'd have some good options. I, if always, you back. I like the trade back. I always worry about who you're trading away from. That's what bothers me a little bit. Who am I trading away from at 26? Let me see if there's any scenario here. Hold up. Let's yeah. see. Who who is gone? Mm, he doesn't really say it. Okay, but you're. I mean, th- I think the the reason that he put that scenario out there is because it's not great compensation. It's yeah. not a huge haul to move up twelve spots. Sure, the Raiders just basically knew you wanted to get out, and they threw you a third round pick, and you said, "Okay, I'll take it." That that's not a crazy haul. But but for the Raiders, where they're picking the third round pick is an early third round pick. So it's a it's, solid selection. Yeah, it's not like you're getting a late four no. on this. So yeah, I. I might consider that, but I'm I'm gonna, I got to know who I'm trading away from. Mm-hmm. But if I assume all my thirty you know thirty seven guys are gone, that's I'm I'm kind of left with the guys I talked about. You know, uh, maybe uh, Campbell guys like that. Drew Sanders, McDonald. Arkansas. I have at thirty eight. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So if we're looking at our handy dandy trade charts. Uh, your pick at 26 is worth 700 points. Yeah. The two picks with 38 and 70 equal out to 760 points. So you're actually plus 60. You're getting an overpay there in the for value sure. from the Raiders. So yeah. not not terrible, uh, but something to consider. Would you do it? Thumbs up. I, I do. I think I do think that the way that guard is set up is that if there was one of the top guards that was there, that maybe they might do it. Then maybe they might. Maybe okay. they might do the trade situation. I'm saying, like, because we were saying, what type of player does it have to be? And uh, for me, I, I couldn't see it happen unless it was, like, offensive line. Go get an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very nice. There's some trade scenarios because who knows? I mean, when draft day comes around, we might see a little bit of movement for the Cowboys sitting in the back of that second or the back of that first round at 26 overall we'll be back tomorrow bobby will be back with us as gamble and them running backs man running backs being there yeah could be fun thanks for joining us here on the draft show for chris bean brian broadus zach wolchuk aisha morrison i'm kyle yeomans we'll see you tomorrow presented by miller light this has been a production of dallascowboys.com and the dallas cowboys football club how about this cowboy